appreciate y'all uh, tonight. Well, if you have your Bibles, we'll be in the uh, Song of Solomon, like I've already told you this morning. Solomon's Song, whatever it says in your Bible. If you can't find it, it's Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and then Solomon's Song. Chapter 5 is where we'll be at tonight. And when you get to chapter 5, if you would, uh, please stand and reverence for the reading of the Word of God, if you can. Uh, chapter 5, Song of Solomon, Solomon's Song. Solomon's Song, chapter 5, verse 1. The Word of God says this, I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honey, a comb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O friends, drink, yea, drink abundantly, O beloved. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love. My dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my coat, how shall I put, put it on? I have washed my feet, how shall I defile them? My beloved put in, my, in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels removed for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved hath withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul faileth when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. It says in verse 7, it says, The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here tonight. Lord, we just uh, pray, Lord, Father, that you bless the Scriptures. Lord, I, I, Lord, I just ask you to help us, Lord, Father. I ask you, to, Lord, Father, just to bless. Uh, and thank you, Lord, Father, for the choir that we've had, the Bible study that we had. Lord, Father, the, the desire of those that came out tonight, Lord, Father, to hear uh, the preached Word of God, Lord, Father. And I thank you, Lord, uh, uh, for what you blessed us with this morning. I thank you for the message that we had. And, and Lord, Father, I, I just pray, Lord, Father, that you watch over the, the different visitors that we had in our church. Lord, Father, we pray that watch over our community. And I pray, Lord, Father, that you continue to bless this church here tonight. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. amen. Uh, you can be seated. There's a, a lot of different things going on in chapter 5 and, and the way that it's written. Uh, uh, some of it's written from Solomon's viewpoint. Some of it's uh, uh, sort of from the Shulamite viewpoint. Uh, uh, but we want to take some time tonight and think about uh, uh, what was preached the last time we, uh, we were up here with the Song of Solomon. Uh, I believe it was chapter 2 or 3. I don't forgot what chapter it was. But it doesn't really matter a whole lot. It talked about uh, how a healthy relationship, uh, uh, the things that you need. Uh, uh, some of us, some of you even said something to me this morning. Uh, you said, we're trying to have some excitement in, a, in our relationship, trying to uh, smile when we see each other a little more. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, I don't stand up here and preach behind, behind a pulpit uh, every Sunday uh, just for fun or, or just to try to tell you. I, I try to uh, preach, uh, praise the Lord, uh, to try to change people's lives. Uh, it was about excitement. It was about life. Uh, and it was about conflict. Uh, uh, that was the three things uh, is uh, having that life, uh, having that excitement, and be able to resolve the conflict in your life. 
life uh, is the things you have to have uh, uh, for a healthy relationship. Uh, now, it's pretty easy to understand excitement. Uh, it's pretty easy sort of to understand a, a life. Uh, but what a lot of us mess up with, what a lot of us struggle with, is conflict. Uh, a lot of us don't do well uh, uh, with conflict because of the way that we handle things in our life. Uh, we see conflict uh, in these particular set of scriptures. Uh, <coughs> if you read them through, I had to read this uh, I don't know how many times uh, to really get what was going on in chapter 5. But in chapter 5, verse 1, it starts off with, I am coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Now what Solomon is trying to say here is everything is going good. Uh, Solomon's in a good mood. Uh, he's got everything that he could hope for. He's got all the. He goes on to tell his friends, "Hey, I'll go ahead and read it." It says, uh, "I have drunk my wine with my milk." Uh, oh, friends, drink ye, uh, drink abundantly. Oh, beloved, it tells, "Hey, everybody, have a good time. Uh, everything's going good in my house. Uh, y'all can stay as long as you want to. There's plenty of things to eat. Uh, I, I love to have people over to eat. I love to go out to eat with people. That's a sort of a sort of a southern thing. Uh, a lot of times." People like to feed people. Uh, people like to have a good time. Uh, you'll catch me and my wife going out to eat a lot. We shouldn't uh, because we don't like to dirty up the dishes and have to do the dishes. And I like to go out to eat and have a good time with people. Uh, but we end up going out. We end up having a good, good time. Who doesn't like uh, uh, to sit down and talk over a food or, or sit down in a, in a kitchen that smells wonderful and converse and have a good time? That's what Solomon's trying to point out in his life right now. I've come into my garden. This is wonderful. I've come. He talks about his wife. Oh, we talked about nice things that he talks about. You know how he's supposed to talk nice to your wife? Look at how he talks about his wife. Boy, it's just so nice. He says, oh, I have gathered my honey. It says, I sleep. it goes on to this right here. It goes into this. It says, I sleep, uh, but my heart awaketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love. What is it? Notice how he addresses her. It's so nice. Listen, man, you got to talk real nice to your wife. It goes on to say this. It says, My love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with you, and my locks with drops of the night. What he's trying to say is, I'm trying to come in uh, from out of the storm. I'd like to come in. We don't know exactly why he's trying to go into her, her bedchamber, either to talk or, or to have a, a marital things to go on in bedrooms or whatever that he wants to go in and talk to his wife about. He just goes to the door and he's knocking, telling his wife that he wants to come inside. And that's what we need to focus on a little bit in the scriptures tonight is that this woman was asleep. Now this woman was asleep in the bed and this man named Solomon is trying to go into the Shulamite woman. He wants to go in, and I don't know exactly what's, what he wants to go on here, but I want you to think just a little bit in verse 3, some of the response, of some of the things that go on between the Shulamite woman and Solomon. Now, we back up to chapter 3. Uh, there is an excitement in their life. Oh, oh, my beloved is coming home. Hey, they love each other. Oh, uh, it says that he runs upon the hills. Uh, he dances across them. He leaps across the, the mountains. Uh, he's excited to get home and see his wife. Uh, we even talked about uh, some of the things that she says about Solomon. Oh, he's a young buck. Uh, he's a strong man. I want him to come home. She's attracted to him, but she's asleep in this. And I want you to understand how she responds. She says, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? 
What? <laughs> now, I, we was just preaching last Sunday of an excited relationship, uh, uh, someone that shows a, a life within it, and now we've got to the point where somebody's knocking on the door, uh, trying to come in. Uh, I don't want to put my coat on to come open the door to let you in. It's going to get quiet tonight, and that's fine. I know some of this is going to be hard for y'all to swallow, and that's good. Why do I want to get up, Solomon? I know that we're deeply in love with each other. I know that we love each other so much. I, I understand that everything's going good. Uh, you've went out and you've worked today. Uh, you put in a hard day's work. Uh, uh, you've had your friends over. We've had a good time. But why do I have to get up and let you in? It says, I have washed my feet. <laughs> How shall I defile them? I want you to realize, women, this is when you say, I got a headache. Honey, it's, 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 it's just not good. I don't want to have to sit around and talk to you tonight. I don't want to have to sit around and love on you tonight. I don't want to have to do a certain things with you tonight. I put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. She brings religion into it. She brings a religious excuse into not letting her husband come into the room. Because she wants to lay there and sleep. Now what I want to point out to you 100% in Scripture, why this goes on is she is tired. She's tired. She wants to lay in the bed. She wants to go to sleep. And a lot of times we get tired in a relationship. We get tired in the house of God. We get tired of coming each and every Sunday and dedicating a certain amount of time to singing, to preaching, to prayer. And I want you to realize 100%, just like we did last time, we can compare this relationship to our own relationships and to a godly relationship. How many times does God come to us wanting us to do something for Him and we say, I don't know if I got time. I don't really feel like it, God. God, I know that I need to witness to somebody, but I, nah, I don't really I don't want to. How many times that we, we go home and we need to have a conversation or intimacy with our spouse or, or conversations that need to be there, and we just decide, Meh, I'm a little tired. I'm sleepy. Let's go beyond uh, the relationship uh, with our spouse, with, our, with the people that we live with at home, and with the Heavenly Father. We need to have a strong relationship, and we need to get up, no matter if we're tired or not, and open the door. We leave that door shut way too often. We leave the door shut. She tries to pull religion into it. I, I can't imagine a psalmist... Oh, she, she don't want to get up and put a coat on. Everything's going good. I thought, hey, she was so happy at supper time. I don't, she, now she's asleep. <laughs> think about that. Now she, now she don't want to talk to me. Well, think about God and their relationship. Think about your spouse. Think about a lot of things that you can apply this scripture to. Boy, when we're having a good time, we got excitement in our lives. Boy, we got to keep the door open. we got to be willing to, even though we're deep in sleep, that we'll get up. We'll put on that old coat even though it's cold. Hey, we'll get our feet dirty just because we got clean. We ain't worried about religion. We're worried about our relationship. We're worried about the ones that we love. We're worried about God and serving Him. How many of us right now can truly say everything that God has shown me that I could do this week, I've done it? How many of us have truly said every time I had an opportunity to love on my spouse this week, I did it? No matter what you've done this week or with your spouse or with Jesus following Him and listening to Him, I want you to know you can do better. You can do better if you truly want to follow Jesus Christ. If you want to serve Him, I want you to know it's real simple.
You just got to get up and open the door. You just got to get up and serve Him. Even though you're tired, even though you may not feel like it at a certain time, you may have a headache, so to speak. But you can still serve the Lord. It goes on. It says this, and I, I want to really point out what's going on here in Scripture. There are ways to react to conflict. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know there's different ways to react to things? And my wife knows how I react to things, and I'm going to preach about a few different ways, but she knows the way that I do things. She knows. And your spouse probably knows how you react to things. And in the church house, guess what? I even understand how people treat church with how they handle conflict in the church. It doesn't take long. All we got to do is have one disagreement. <laughs> and I see how people handle conflict. And let's understand how Solomon handles conflict. Now, he's mad. He's upset. He's had a good time. Old wife don't want to come to the door and open it up. It says in verse 4, this is, My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. Solomon stuck his hand in through the door. It doesn't say what he did yet. But he stuck his hand through the door. She's seen and saying, oh, he wants to come in. He, he's so, he's so bad. He wants to come in. So bad. He doesn't stick it in trying to unlock the door. I don't know what Solomon's trying to do. But it says her bowels removed. I need to get up and let him in. She had a deep concern for Solomon at that time. Everything in her mind changed at that exact moment. She was too sleepy, too tired, too whatever. And she finally got up in the next verse. It says, I arose to open to my beloved. And what does it say? And my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. Now, I want you to realize how Solomon, even though his wife was ugly to him, even though his wife shut him out of what he was trying to have happen uh, that very night, what does it say that Solomon did? It says that Solomon stuck his hand through the door and he put a sweet-smelling myrrh on the doorknob. Now, if you understand how love letters work in those days, that is a sweet, nice love letter. It is. It shows love. He put something smell. He put something valuable on that doorknob. He, in sort of a way, he said, "Honey, I know you might be tired, but I still love you." That's what he's saying. He said, "Honey, I I, I know you, your head may really be hurt. You may really be tired. You may not really want to get up and get your feet dirty and take another bath. Uh, honey, you may not be able to find your coat quick enough or, or what have you." And a lot of us will sit here and we'll make excuses about why we don't try to uh, do certain things in our marriage, do certain things with our relationship with Jesus. But I want you to know, even though you've done the things against Jesus He doesn't like, He still loves you. In your spousal relationships, uh, no matter how turned uh, completely off, uh, uh, pushed away that you are in your relationship, you should still love the other person. You shouldn't shut them out. The woman made a mistake. She shut him out. Uh, what did she do? She went up to finally open the door. I uh, opened to my beloved, but my beloved was, was withdrawn. But we back up and we still see, I love you. Well, people have grudges when they don't get what they want, don't they? We think about Joseph. Uh, he had his uh, brother sell him into slavery. And when, his, when he was sold into slavery, he went through all the different kinds of things. He went to the Potiphar's house. He went to prison. He did all these horrible things. He told the future for people. He was blessed. He ended up in Egypt. Uh, he was over part of. He was the governor of the country. And what does it say when his brothers came back? Uh, hey, I've been kind of mad. Uh, my brothers came into town. Uh, I might have been a little hot. Uh, he had conflict. Uh, but what happened when his brothers came in? He looked at them and he loved them. 
He said, I'm not God. He said, I'm not the one to judge. What is that? He embraced them. He loved them. He said, go get daddy. And go back and get my daddy. Go back and get my youngest brother and bring him in here. I want to see him too. He didn't say mean things. Uh, he didn't persecute them. He didn't say, I hate your face. Uh, he loved them. There's two different types, big ways that people have conflict. And that's hot and cold. Y'all need to realize there's hot people that handle conflict and there's cold people. There's hot people that when they get mad, they just blow up. They like to hit things, throw things, uh, uh, get so mad they're going to start slamming cabinet doors. Hey, hey women, men, y'all listen up. Uh, are you going to get mad at your spouse? Uh, I guarantee a healthy relationship is going to have conflict, brother. There ain't no way around. If you've never had conflict, something probably ain't healthy in your marriage. Uh, people are going to get mad. It's, uh, you ain't got to look at my wife. Hey, look at yourselves. Uh, you're going to have problems. You're going to have issues come up. You can handle them hot. Get mad, start throwing things, stomp around, go outside, huff up, cut the grass because you're so mad because you just can't do nothing else. Kimberly's tried that one. Then there's cold. That's me. She gets hot, I get cold. Cold's when you don't do nothing. Cold's when you just, I get you back. Colds where you sit over in the corner and you think for about an hour or two about how you're going to get them back. Colds when you get them back a month or two later. Colds when you just uh, don't talk about it. Just let it sit there and build up. A cold is when you sit there and you let it build up and build up and get so bad uh, that you end up getting madder because you don't even remember why you're mad to begin with. At least when you're hot and you get mad and you, you know why you're mad. Uh, I get so mad sometimes. I get cold. I sit in the corner and two months later I'm still mad at my wife for something she did in a dream probably. <laughs> I do. I get mad sometimes in my dreams. I came in there the other morning. I woke up 4 o'clock in the morning. I was hot. I was, I was mad the rest of the day. <laughs> Sometimes you have conflicts in your marriage. You can handle them hot. You can handle them cold. But I'm going to tell you right off the bat, both of them are wrong. Both of them are wrong. Solomon is not shown to get hot. He doesn't start pounding on the door or kicking it in or saying, Woman, I have worked all day long. You're going to let me in there. We're going to talk or whatever he wants to do. He doesn't just get mad and storm off and sulk. He writes her a love letter. I just, ooh. Think about that for a minute, spouses, wives, husbands. Think about the next time you get mad telling them how much you love them. That's what Solomon did. He got annoyed. He got frustrated. He got irritated. Lots of tainted words. But after the end of it, he just... Baby, I still love you. Can we do that? Jesus does that to me every day. God did that to me. Boy, He did that to me when He sent His Son down to die for me. He, he did that on the cross at Calvary. Even though I wasn't worth saving, I didn't show no love to Him. And I still sometimes don't show Him enough love. He don't get, get so mad, He kicks the door down. He leaves that old myrrh on the handle and says, Zach, I still love you. Boy, what kind of, what kind of love is that? No matter what kind of mess-ups we have, no matter how hard-headed we are, no matter how much we don't serve the Lord, He still loves us. That's how our relationship should be. No matter what's going on, I don't care where it's going on at. You love each other. I want to ask the church, and I don't want you to raise your hand or splurt out what you do, but how do you react when you have conflict 
How do you react? Do you do it like Solomon shows us there? That even though it's, it's, a, it's a problem, even though it's, it's our times, even though there's no disagreement, we still show the other one love? No matter what? I'll say, I, ain't nobody else got to I say, I don't do it well enough. My wife, she, she can say, I don't. I, I don't. But yeah, he sits around sulks for two weeks about a dream he had because he's mad. Or he gets mad. He gets quiet. And if I go around him, he, you better not mess with him when he's mad. Just let him brew. <laughs> Just let him brew. And about two or three days, he'll forget why he's mad. And that's true. But I'll come up with new reasons. I sit around sulking. She'll slam a cabinet door or two. She sulks too. Hey, look at your spouse. Look at the people in your life right now. You can look at each other and right now tell them, yeah, we got problems. <laughs> yeah, we got disagreements. Yeah, this week wasn't the best week that I've ever had together with you. But I still love you. What does it say in verse 6? I opened to my beloved. But my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. Sometimes you may get up and think you can fix a situation, but that is not how it works. Uh, you don't hurt somebody's feelings and just say, no, nah, never mind. <laughs> you don't get a do-over in a relationship. You don't get a, let me back up and rewind and fix this. Uh, once you've done something hurtful, uh, once you've done something to upset somebody, when you get up and try to fix the problem, it is not always easy to fix. It is not always that fast. I think that sometimes. Hey, I tell you what, I'll do some things and I'll make my wife mad and I'll take the kid with me just to try to butter her up. I'll, say, I'll take Jack. Me and Jack will go, we need to buy groceries or something. And we'll get over to the grocery store. I get so convicted, Brother Dwayne, I will. I get around them old flowers over there and say, I should probably buy her flowers. I'll bring some flowers home. I'll come home and Kimberly, yeah, they're nice. <laughs> it ain't that easy. It ain't that easy to go through conflict. And y'all are grinning. It's all right. Y'all got problems. Y'all try to fix them. You get convicted. You say something you shouldn't have said, then you try to fix it. And that door just ain't always the same when you go back. I want you to know, you can run from the Lord all that you want to. And you may decide one day that you're going to start following, but it don't mean He's always going to be there. He can convict you one time to be saved, and you finally say, I've had enough, I'm ready to open the door and receive salvation, don't mean He's always going to be standing there ready. It's up to Him to trouble your heart. It's up to Him to be with you. A lot of people say, Lord, Lord, anybody that comes upon the land, oh, Lord, Lord, I call upon your name. And they get there and say, depart from me, you that work iniquity, for I have never known you. I want you to know, it's not 100% us, it's Him. He has to be there to help us. He has to be there with us when we want to work for Him. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. It's too late. I'll ask you, church, what's holding you back? What's holding you back from opening that door? What is holding you back in your relationship problems, with your church problems, with uh, being dedicated to the church, uh, with serving the church in certain ways, with going out. I'm not talking about being here every time the doors are open. And hey, that gets preached enough. Uh, we need to be the church when we're outside the church too. We need to show people Christ, uh, not when they're just coming to Old Hopewell's front doors or, or side doors, but we need to see, they need to see Old Hopewell when we go out into the world, when we're at the football games, uh, uh, when we're on the river, uh, when we're doing whatever. They need to see it within us. So we can open that door for them. It says, My beloved hath withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. It's gone. 
missed opportunity like that. That was pretty fast. If you really read that scripture, he's knocking on the door, sticks his hand in, and says she gets up. He gave up pretty quick. The Lord ain't going to sit around waiting on you forever. The Lord ain't going to sit around waiting on old Hopewell for 10 years to do certain things that should have done a year ago. It ain't gonna sit around, he ain't going to sit around waiting. Certain doors are open, certain doors are getting knocked on because they need to be done then. Well, we Baptists, we bad about dragging our feet. <laughs> we say, mm, let me get my coat. Oh, let me bring my wash pan out to wash my feet. My feet get dirty. Oh, we got to plan this. Better put a committee together. Oh, we got to plan. Oh, we got to budgetize. <laughs> and I'm just putting, hey, the church likes to sit around and think about stuff for 100 days before you do anything about something. We have flooding going on in a certain place, so we better put it together a committee and a conference in two months so we can vote on sending something down to help somebody with a hurricane. I ain't saying we've done that, but I want you to know, sometimes things need to be done in the church house. He's standing at the door. He's waiting for us to come through and help it. Even our relationships. Sometimes we wait too long. He said he couldn't find him. goes on in verse 7. It says, the watchman that went about the city found me. It says, and they smoked me. Bad times. The watchman, I, I, when I read the Song of Solomon, and I might be completely wrong with this, but when I read the Song of Solomon, I think of the watchman being God. That's what I think about that. When I, I see the watchman, I see a representation of Christ and what he does. And the watchman here, if you back up to chapter 3 that we was reading before, where there was excitement, where there was life, she went out to the watchman looking for Solomon. What did the watchman do in, in chapter 3 when everything was hunky-dory? Hey, the watchman, hey, let's go find Solomon. <laughs> they took her through the whole city. Solomon, hey, where you at? We're going to find you. We're going to get you. But when you look at chapter 5, you see conflict. You see it handled wrong. And what happens there is punishment. I want you to know if you cause conflict in your marriage, it's going to cause problems. Somebody's going to get whooped. They're going to say, a husband's going to be beating her wives, and wives beating their husbands. I want you to say, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself is going to whoop you all over the place for treating your spouse wrong. It says this, they went out, they, they found me, they smoked me, they wounded me, beat her black and blue. Why? Because he disrespected the master. We talked about the other day, submission, and two things that cause problems. I know y'all don't like to hear it. You know, the... Husband ruling the house and the wife submitting. Hey, the man getting angry. He could have got angry, but she didn't submit and open the door. I want you to know there's problems. Hey, I don't like to hear that, and that's fine. I don't like to hear it myself. There's problems in marriages. We can get mad, we can get hot, and we can get cold. I read this this week. They started talking about a conflict that happened on a Sunday morning with a, a preacher and his wife. She wanted her dress zipped up, and they was already mad at each other about something that happened that morning. They got up late and having to rush. She said, can you zip up my dress? He goes over and just zips it up real hard. Real mean. You know how. Real mean. We need to hurry up. And she went to church that day, and she was mad all day long. She went to church that Monday. I mean, she went to work that Monday, left the house, and as she came back home, she was still mad. She held on to what had happened she came through the driveway. She walked through the driveway and the car was tore up. Her husband was under the car. She rolls by and she's walking. She takes his zipper and jerks it right down real hard. Goes in the house. There's her husband standing in the house. 
She said, what are you doing in here? She said, well, the car's tore up. I asked the neighbor to come over and help me fix it. And went out there, and the neighbor knocked himself out, hit the bottom of the undercarriage with his head when he jerked up and looked at I want you to know, marriage conflict, when you hold on to it, can affect everybody. It'll hurt everybody in your family, hurt your neighbors, hurt your church. Hold on to them old conflicts. And them old, hey, we talk about having problems and having arguments before we get to church and having that old fake smile on our faces. And I'll say sometimes, me and my wife do, but most of the time we ain't had a bad problem. It's just my kids driving me nuts screaming all the way to church. We can't hold on to those issues. We can't hold on to problems. They will cause problems everywhere else. And what had happened to her, she held on to that problem, she didn't go to that door. Whatever had happened that day where she was really tired, where she was upset at her husband about something or other, he ain't spent enough time with me, caused her not to get up in the middle of the night. And what happened? She was whooped, she was beaten. I ain't telling all y'all women you'll get whooped and beaten for not getting up. I'm telling you, you're going to get whooped by Jesus Christ. He's going to whoop you all over the house. Uh, men, you don't treat your wife right, wait. You get whooped all over the house. Uh, I go to Winn-Dixie like I done said. Uh, I bring my son with me and I get whipped all over the store trying to think of ways to butter my wife up because I know I done did wrong. Think about it, church. A relationship needs to be healthy and a relationship that's healthy is going to have problems. Think about your problems that you've got. In your marriage, I'm not talking about just the ones with Jesus. We may get to them in a minute. But think about the problems you have just in your marriage, just with your spouse, just with the people that you love. Think about the different things that you've done wrong in this past week. First thing I want to tell you to do is don't lock your spouse out. I'm not telling you don't lock them out of the house when it's dark outside and cold and they ain't got no jacket. I'm telling you, don't lock them out. If there's problems... In a relationship, you got to open the door. You got to talk to one another. You got issues that can't stay cold or hot. You got to get rid of them. The most healthy relationships that I've seen in my life were ones that people just opened with each other. They told each other everything and they trusted each other to talk about certain things. I know that my wife is going to round up a little girl. That's why I didn't even go mess with her. I want you to know there's certain things that we look at in our lives that we struggle with. We have to be ready. To open the door. Don't lock each other out. Now, men, don't lock your spouse out. Women, don't lock your husband out. You need to talk. You need, you need time to love on each other. There's three things in here that we need, to, we need to think about. First thing is when you have conflict, don't react. Don't react. That's hard, isn't it? If something makes you mad or something uh, irritates you, the first thing we want to do is let them know that it's irritating us or get mad about it. Uh, start having conflict. The first thing we need to do in a relationship when there is conflict is do not react. The second thing we need to focus on is God. When you have problems in your marriage, a lot of us will just go straight to a counselor. We'll go to a uh, somebody that's got a PhD in 25 things and can prescribe you pills or, or tell you how to hold each other's hands or uh, how to sit around Indian style and, and chant something or other. I, I don't know what they're doing, them things I ain't never been. But I want you to know something. We need to look for God first. Avoid the conflict. Don't, don't, don't jump on it. Just avoid it. Go to God. And the third thing is then let God take care of it. Ain't that what Solomon did? 
Solomon let he got out of the picture. He let things stew. Now she got whooped. <laughs> and a lot of us sitting around, yeah, she deserved a good whooping. She didn't open that door. No, it's a spiritual whooping. It's a, it's a beautiful love story that Solomon's trying to show us of what a healthy relationship looks like. When we've got problems, we need to let God take care of it. There ain't nothing I can do sometimes to make my wife happy. <laughs> I'm picking at her, and it's about relationships. I'm sorry, she's a target. That's who I'm married to. <laughs> I can't sit up here and make jokes about Dwayne because we ain't married. And she walks, she just asks the man, she walks out. I'm kidding. But I'll, think about this, church. If we truly treated relationships like we should treat them, we should let God fix the problems in our relationship. We let God fix the problems in the church, we say. We let God fix the problems uh, uh, with elections, we say. We let God fix the problems with everything else in our lives, we say. Uh, we say that we need to buy a new car. Uh, well, we're going to pray to God about it first. Uh, hey, we need to do this in the house. Uh, we're going to pray about it first. Uh, hey, when you have problems and you're mad at your wife, guess what? You're mad at your husband, guess what? Let God in on the issue. How many of us truly stop, do not react, Go to God in prayer and let God take care of it. How many, I don't want you to raise your hand because most of you ain't. How many of us truly let God take care of the issue? Hey, we'd rather get mad and go to a bunch of women and complain with you women and the men rather get together and get with the men and complain about their wives. Uh, hey, I don't know what's, what the, we're thinking. That ain't going to fix nothing. We have to go to the source of all happiness. We have to go to the place where we can find a man called the Prince of Peace. Isn't it nice when we have peace in our house? Isn't it nice when we can love each other, smile at each other all day long, even when the, the cooking's burnt, even though when the kids are running around screaming, even though you got to get up at 5.30 in the morning and it's 11 o'clock because there's something leaking in the house and you got to fix it. You can still look at your spouse. You can still look at your loved one. You can still call to God and know He still loves you. We can apply this both streets, church, tonight. Have you let God take care of your issues in your life? I'm not talking about your married life. I'm talking about are you saved today? If Jesus is standing at that door, He's knocking, and there are people that do not go and open the door. It even says in the book of Genesis, with Cain slaying his brother, God says to him, if sin lieth at the door, if it lies at the door, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus calls himself, I am the gate, which means I am the door. He is the door. He stands at that door and he knocks. Praise the Lord tonight. I want you to know, if sin's lying at the door, if you've got problems in your life, if you've got uh, heartaches, if you've got uh, different things that you struggle with day in and day out, they're in the way of the door. It don't matter if you get up quick in the middle of the night, open it or not, sin is still there. What kept her back? It was sin in her life that stopped the Shulamite woman from getting up and opening that door. Tonight, I want to ask you, church, what kind of relationship do you have with Jesus tonight? He's knocking. He's troubling people. He's telling people they need to pray. He's telling people that they need to do certain things. He's standing in that old door. He's knocking. And what are we going to do? Are we going to go and open that door? Are we going to go and open it up and embrace Him? Even though we're tired, even though it's done getting late, even though you may want to get home and get something for supper, do you open the door? As they get a verse of some song ready tonight. I don't know your hearts and I don't know your lives, but I know that God wants to use people in this church.
I know that God wants to embrace you. He wants to use you. He wants to mold you and make you into what you need to be. But when God's knocking on that old door, you need to get up. If God's knocking that old door, you need to go and get up. Even though you're tired, even though things are going wrong, even though you think that you're the most sinful person in this church, you've made more mistakes than anybody else, He wants you to come to the door. He wants you to open it up. As we stand, what page you got, brother? Page 44 in the church hymn.